0: From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Tuesday, October 19th. It's been over two months since the double homicide of Kylan Schulte and Crystal Turner. And a September 28th press release by the Grand County Sheriff's Department says forensics testing may take several months or more. KZMU's Justin Higginbottom spoke with experts about this process and has this report.
1: Amy Lightfoot is the director of Utah's State Crime Lab, which does things like DNA testing for homicides. And she says the lab's in good shape.
2: With the laboratory, I'm super happy to say that we are currently very well resourced and we have the ability to provide forensic testing in a number of different ways uh, and meet timelines in either a matter of hours, days, weeks, months, depending on what is being requested, what the specific scenarios are for that case.
1: Utah was once criticized for a backlog of untested evidence from alleged sexual assaults.
2: That is not the case now. We are not backlogged in our casework. We are one of eight states in the nation that have eliminated our sexual assault kit backlog.
1: Lightfoot says the time it takes to test evidence in a homicide case like Highland and Crystal's depends. If there's a suspect at large and a single blood stain, then her office could have results right away. But when that's not the case, the process takes much longer.
3: Now, with a situation like this where you don't necessarily have an identified suspect or subject that you want to test right away, in that case, that, that forensic testing is going to take a few months. You know, I I remember, you know, with certain cases taking up to a year for the crime lab.
1: That's Chris Bertram, retired deputy chief for Unified Police Department and a private investigator.
3: It's not like TV. This is not CSI Miami. It's not, you know, law and order. It's a situation where there is a process and we want to make sure that we do the process scientifically appropriately because this is a case that has great consequences.
1: He also says it's normal for full testing to take a few months. Although there are private labs that could, in theory, expedite this process. But that can cost tens of thousands of dollars. And so when I look at a community
3: like Moab or
1: or Grand County, it's
3: one of those things that are lawmakers in that area willing to put up the price tag to have some of this private testing done. You're going to be tens of thousands of dollars, but... You know, the turnaround is going to be a lot shorter. And you can strategically look at what you want tested by it. You can definitely send the stuff off to the crime lab, but then we've got these four items and we're going to pay $20,000 because we want to see if there's a result back in seven days.
1: It's unclear if the sheriff's department had the resources for private lab testing or if this would have sped up the process. Their press release says officials recruited numerous labs and technicians, but the department has been unavailable for comment. The state crime lab is meant to provide equal access to its services around the state. Here's Lightfoot again.
2: That's, I think, a really cool thing about the state crime laboratory is that it provides that same opportunity and ability for all crime, no matter all victims, um, no matter where that crime happens to occur in the state.
1: That means rural counties like Grand aren't at a disadvantage, according to Lightfoot. Justin Higginbottom for KZMU News.
0: Wild horse advocates are calling an ongoing roundup near Rock Springs, Wyoming, the largest in history. Bureau of Land Management officials plan to decrease the wild horse population of 5,000 by nearly half. The BLM has been gathering wild horses in states across the West this year, including Utah. They say wild horse populations are at risk due to ongoing drought conditions. In September, an estimated 70% of wild horses were removed from the Sandwash Basin area in northwest Colorado. Our partners at KDNK were there, and Amy Hadden Marsh has this report.
4: Even through here in the rock croppings and stuff, Tango, Picasso's son, actually wiped out over here. The little foal disappeared right there. Meg Fredrickson is a wild horse advocate with the Return to Freedom Wild Horse and Borough Sanctuary in California. She's pointing out hazards in a rocky stretch of desert in the Sandwash Basin Herd Management Area. This path that these horses are taking, one, they first come down that huge hill and then they go into a deep, deep draw. Hundreds of wild horses were chased by helicopters in early September through the soft clay earth of this dusty draw which is split by gullies and rocky washes mined with badger holes and studded with sharp black chert. If they hit this area right here, they're done for. This is broken legs right here. Fredrickson was one of many observers at the Roundup, or gather, as the Bureau of Land Management prefers to call it, in northwest Colorado. The Sandwash Basin horses are renowned for their colors and genetics.
0: And we have... Early Spanish blood here,
4: the duns are from the early Spaniards that came and settled the West. Nadja Ryder, a wildlife photographer from the nearby town of Craig, worries that the genetic diversity of the herd will be lost. Because they're leaving too few on the range. Ryder was one of several observers present every day of the Roundup. The observers, mostly advocates representing Wild Horse and Borough protection groups like the American Wild Horse Campaign, Return to Freedom, and the local Sandwash Basin Wild Horse Advocate Team, became a phalanx of binoculars and cameras with long telephoto lenses at the public observation site on a rise about a mile from the trap. As the helicopters buzzed into view, dust clouds rose in the distance from the desert floor. A telltale sign that the pilots had found bands of Mustangs and were chasing them to the trap, sometimes more than a 10-mile run. The BLM's Little Snake Field Office, which oversees the Sandwash Herd Management Area, or HMA, released a decision on August 17th to round up 733 Mustangs, Even though forage and water were mentioned as part of the decision, nothing was said about an emergency. Ten days later, an emergency was declared due to drought. After monsoonal rains brought much-needed water on September 2nd, the agency changed the reason for the emergency to concerns about sage-grouse habitat and a possible lack of winter range for the horses. Steve Leonard is the state lead for the BLM's Wild Horse and burro Program,
5: we were hauling water to this HMA in July, and I believe it went into early August. I would have to look at the cutoff date to give you that exact time frame. However, drought is wider than water availability for those horses. What the drought did was, even with the water haul um, prior to the rains, those horses were concentrated. So they're concentrated in areas that they need the resources for winter. So. Whereas we have water available for horses to drink, the forage is still majorly impacted by uh, the lack of water and the lack of growth. He added that this
4: doesn't bode
5: well for the coming winter. We see low body condition on horses, and we're seeing a four. It's not terrible, but we're going into winter. So to not see a horse at an ideal body condition moving into winter with a lack of resources is still a major concern. They're
4: fat and sassy right now, mm-hmm. but they're going to go into winter with nothing to dig through the snow. If we get heavy snows, these horses are going to, I've seen it. I've been out here in March and April in previous years where you could count every rib and see the hip bones sticking up like, mm-hmm. like closet hooks. Patty Mosby so is a volunteer horses, with SWAT, the, the local that that group that darts lawn lawn, the sandwash mares sand-wash with PZP, a fertility control drug. So there are too many horses. I think it's a travesty that the Bureau of Land Management insists on taking our horses down to the low AML. I think they should have left us at the high AML of 350 because we can manage the fertility with that number of horses. According to the BLM's 2010 Wild Horse and Burrow Management Handbook, like an instruction manual for employees, drought isn't a reason for an emergency gather. Drought is considered an escalating condition that takes months to develop. Steve Leonard says, "In the case of Sand Wash Range, damage was the escalating condition.
5: The resource damage has been ongoing. Um, you know, we identified the fact that we had excess horses in this HMA. Uh, we are looking at a decision that was based on the situation uh, of that resource damage. Uh, the emergency." Designation is more of a priority as to when this occurred, because the decision was based absolutely on um, the environmental assessment. In the late
4: afternoon, once gathering operations were over for the day, observers were escorted to the temporary corrals to take a look at which horses had been captured. Mares and stallions were separated into crowded pens, stallions fought, the air was filled with whinnies, roars and screams. This is where the advocates, like Meg Fredrickson, said goodbye to the horses they've watched grow up on the Sandwash HMA.
5: We know every single one of those horses in there.
4: We've watched them grow up, we've watched them become band stallions and mares and grandmothers. And this is, we get 30 minutes for all of them to say goodbye forever.
0: For KDNK News, I'm Amy Haddon-Marsh. That piece comes from our partners at KDNK. The Sandwash Basin Roundup in Colorado is over, but the BLM is currently rounding up wild horses near Rock Springs, Wyoming. And that's the KZMU News for Tuesday, October 19th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7.